but when you're mixing your connection content and with the other ecosystem content, that's key. If it's all just business, 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 and you're not allowing people to really connect with you on that personal level. Today's show is sponsored by winthehourwinthedaycom We help you stop working so hard with our three-part formula, team, execution, and scale. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey, are you tired of trying to outrun the clock? Oh, I know I did that for years. Take our win back time quiz. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited about this. We have been working so hard on this. Listen, it's designed to show entrepreneurs like you and small business owners your blind spots and provide instant actionable steps on how to improve. It just takes two minutes. It's super quick, very easy multiple choice, boom, 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 completely free. And you receive customized results instantly with information that will help you check it out today. The link is in the show notes. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of win the hour, win the day. And I am your host, Chris Ward. And today we have Amy Hager in the house and Amy's going to talk to us about messaging ecosystem. Now that sounds interesting in it. Sounds almost high tech, Amy, but I think from the chats you and I've had, it's something really important that we all tend to overlook or at least skim by. Am I correct? I think you're really correct. I think it's just something that we don't think about because we just get in this content creation flow. Mm, And so this was really a great chance to just take a pause and think a little bit more strategically about that messaging that you're putting together. Well, I think you're generous when you call it content flow, because I think it's more for many of us content panic (laughs) and the the beast of content, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do next? Right. Uh, So, all right. So you talk about there's six types that any entrepreneur should really focus on when you're dealing with messaging in your ecosystem. And that could be on any platform that could be your email marketing, that could be whatever, we all now accept the painful truth that we have to be producing. We have to be producing content, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the six types. Where do we start? Yeah, well, and so I think before we actually dive into the six types, Chris, let's just define messaging okay. before we go too deep into this. Because if we're going into it with the wrong definition, I think it ends up being really confusing. And it's the term that's really thrown around quite a bit. So messaging is the words that you're using to really connect the hearts and souls of your future client. And Chris, you nailed it. Messaging is basically everything in your business, right? It's your newsletter. It's your website copy. It's your social media posts. It's it's in your sales calls. It's in your blogs, your interviews. Everything that you're doing is messaging, right? Mm -hmm. And so when your messaging is strong, we know that everything's going to get a lot easier in your marketing and you'll see that significant increase in your sales and your revenue because people are clearer on who you are and what you're doing. 
And so before we dive into the six types, I would love for you all to ponder this, whether you're in the car driving or if you're sitting at your desk, write this question down. What would shift for you and your business if every time you published a piece of content, you had clients reaching out to you? I'm going to repeat the question just, just so you have it. What would shift in your business if every time you published a piece of content, you had clients reaching out to you? If you're sitting there, you're like, I published and I feel like I'm just talking to the universe of no one or a brick wall. Then I want you to dive in with me on these six pieces of the ecosystem and see if the content that you're publishing is within one of these six pieces. And if not, let's bring your focus to there. And so let me, hold on. Let me jump in if I can. I think for me, I think this is important to unpack as well. I think, and it took me a really long time to get over this. And I, you know, I heard the word perfectionism and that was never, Mm. I never owned that because I thought I'm not, I don't think I got it perfect. I'm not trying to get it perfect. Right. (laughs) Like I, I thought there was some sort of ego to that, but what I did understand whether this falls under the category of perfectionism or whatever is I fussed with things a lot because I wanted to get it right before I put it out. Right. I wanted to make sure I look prepared and I put work into this and a lot of thought And, you know, I didn't, I didn't subscribe to the fact that the more you put out, I mean, somebody said to me wisely, it's like getting up to bat. If you swing a thousand times, you're just going to become better at bat. So Mm -hmm. what I wasn't doing is just putting out content, 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 trying different things, experimenting because, oh my gosh, there's an audience. Well, and then there's not because no one's, you know, don't get so big on yourself, Chris no one, you don't have traction on this or you don't have the audience. So this is a great place to experiment at this point. So I think for me, messaging also felt to me like it was finished. Like back in the day when you're so excited and you got a website, you know, when dinosaurs were roaming the earth and that was really the only way that we were, (laughs) you know, uh, showing we were sort of op- our shop was open and right. the website was a big deal. And then you worked on this copy and you got up the website and you felt like okay, the messaging is done. done. Where I have Never really done. come to real, I know, I know, right? <laughs> I can't be the only one that thinks this way, but um, and what I've come to realize now is every opportunity I get to speak to someone or every opportunity I put content out, like somebody was, I was having a chat with somebody who was on my podcast and we had a follow-up meeting about something and he was commenting on something that he had saw on LinkedIn, a a blog I'd written. Mm -hmm. And the reply he gave back to me and he said something all of a sudden made me see like a whole different perspective of what I do because I'm always preaching and and bear with me, Amy, because this is really awakening for me. And I think it's going to lean into what you're going to talk about. I tend to deal with entrepreneurs that look good on paper, but Mm -hmm. At this point in their journey, they didn't expect to be working this many hours. So they're usually coming to me in crisis. But he had said something about, you know, Chris, you're always getting entrepreneurs time back because everyone in Winter Circle tells us they get 25 hours back a week. And all of a sudden, I saw the way he said that on a comment of a post I made that he was, I was realizing, oh, I don't need to always speak to everyone in crisis. I don't need to wait till they get to crisis. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I could be doing content and messaging about if you just want time back, if you just want to get to that next project, it could be softer and before, you know, the five alarm bell of the fire goes off. Yeah, I would say for the house is on fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that really changed. All of a sudden, that awakened me to a new opportunity that was totally missing in my messaging. So I think that what what you're talking, what we're going to dive into here is so important because the more messaging 
stuff, there's a technical term, write that down. The more messaging stuff you put out there, the more you become aware of what you have to offer and who you have to offer it to. And I think a key point in this story, Chris, is conversation is key, mm. right? If your messaging isn't invoking conversation, if people aren't asking questions, are not reaching out and saying something, whether it's current client or potential client, yeah. right? And you can't get clearer on your messaging in your own head. This is not going to happen in a silo, y'all. Like it needs yeah. to be in collaboration, in conversation. And when you hear those little, ooh, right? That little tweak. It's mm. not that you needed to rebuild the house because it burnt down. You just maybe needed to put some new curtains on the window. Yeah. And so yeah. having the opportunity to hear and receive that as an, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I think is really, really important. And how you do that is through conversation. So Chris, when you made that tweak, do you feel like you have less clients coming to you now that their houses are already on fire and they're like thinking a little bit ahead before the house started on fire? I think this is shocking because I've been doing it for so long. And this is the point to your message about messaging <laughs> is you think, you know, I listen every point of this journey, I was so clear that I knew who I was working for. Like I wrote the, my book when the hour, when the day based on my experience with my clients. So then I was, when I put my book out, I was like, okay, I know who my clients are because I wrote a book based on my experience with them. Then when I put the book out, there was different elements to like, like any book. And let's say there's three main elements, you know, time toolkits and um, uh, your team time and super toolkits. I really thought like element number one was the big thing and it wasn't element number three was, and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. so then my messaging yeah. evolved again. So yeah. you're constantly going, oh, oh, oh. And so right. I guess to your message is it's never done. And the more yeah. you put out there, the more you become educated and, and, and it just, you know, it aids you in every way. Well, and I think as you grow as an entrepreneur, as your business grows, as your strengths really shift, as your zone of excellence comes more and more into the play in the work mm. that you're doing, like your messaging is a living, breathing thing, just like a human, right? Yes. You don't, I think the old way of, oh, I built a website and that's just going to live. No, you need to be able to have that freedom to tweak and improve. And when something does become clear, because it's going to happen. It's never done. It's never yeah. a put on the shelf, put it out there and walk away from it. And um, I think that's scary sometimes to people too, that, oh gosh, this is another thing I need to think about. But just like you shared with us in your example, it was just, oh gosh, in conversation yeah. that just came very clear to you that they don't have to be in crisis to be working. So you talk about the six types and yes. you talk about, so those are, Mission-driven, connection, thought leadership content, brand stance, direct offer, and thought reversal. Mm -hmm. So let's and go ahead. You, and you made the point to me that if you only rely on one, they they won't know you. Right, exactly. Okay. And so when okay. we're thinking about the messaging, you really want to make sure that you are, well, the words that you're sending, you really want to make sure that those words are both creating a conscious and subconscious signals, that they're causing people to react and create an emotion and really take that action. And so either they're sticking around and buying or are they running from the hills? Because you do want to repel people, right? You don't, okay. you're not for everybody and everybody's not your client. So when you think about, let's start with the mission-driven content. 
really thinking about the growing your community, growing your following, and um, you know, building that community who loves, who supports you, who shares that mission and vision with you, and maybe even shares that mission and vision like with their friends. Like they're the ones who are kind of talking about you. They may not be clients and they may be clients. Well, they should be clients really. Your, yeah. your mission-driven content should be really speaking to your client's souls. And so when you have mission-driven content that's really helping you build your community and it's landing to where people are talking about your mission, you know, then that messaging is landing, right? But what if you feel that you don't have, like, you you know, you're new at creating content or you're just haven't been giving whatever aspect and is enough attention. You feel like I, I don't have a community, like I'm putting stuff out there, but I wouldn't pretend to say there's a community there supporting me. There's people watching you all the time. That is true. I remember I, somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn and I know this now, cause I, when I look at other people's social media stuff, I always chime in because I can control that. I can't control, like it, it's a good networking tool, but not everybody is doing it that way. But I remember, I always remember this person and she'd reach out to me on LinkedIn and she'd list all these things, blah, 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 mm-hmm. wanted to meet with me. And I was like, man, I haven't, like, I don't know this name. I haven't seen her anywhere. I would remember. And she said, you never know who's watching. I've been following you for yeah. a really long time. And I was like, you know, I, I know that I'm a grown up person. Right. <laughs> so you're right. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So you think you don't have a community. So, okay. So then that speaks to the fact that you made a really good point is we look at somebody that we admire or that has a very clear following on, on some platform and that mm-hmm. it's very, the numbers are there and we right. associate that with a community, but the yeah. community, you know, it has different layers of involvement. So don't think you don't have a community. Exactly. If that is the key of mission-driven content, don't think that you don't have a community. You do. There are people who are reading things, who are looking at things, who may not be liking, loving, and commenting. But all of a sudden, when they come out of the woodwork and they know all of this stuff about you, they know it because you are putting content Mm. out there. You're right. You're right. They would not know anything about you if you didn't put anything out there, right? hundred percent. Okay. You are so right. Okay. Amy connection. Yeah. So then really just showing who you are, right? Making sure that people know, like trust that know, like, and love trust factor and that you're a real person. And, um, you know, remember people will do business with you, with you when they feel like they know, and they feel like they trust you. And so that connection content can maybe shine a little bit of light on what's going on in your business, shine Mm -hmm. a little bit of light on what's going on in your personal life. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, social media is just all a farce because it's just beautiful vacation photos and my kids are behaving so well and yada. Well, yeah, I get that. That is what some people are doing. But when you're mixing your connection content and with the other ecosystem content, that's key. If it's all just business, 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 and you're not allowing people to really connect with you on that personal level, it's really, really hard to build that no like love and trust factor, right? Yeah, it is. And that's when I, I have dropped the ball on a thousand times, you know, and people like my team calls me out on it and people I've met have mentioned that to me. And it's not, 
And it's because I just think, you know, and I've, I've got a different, a fresh lens on social media now. And I really have to be honest and say, TikTok helped me with that because I would look at stuff and say, I, I've always led a very quiet life. I would much right. sooner get up early and have a day of it and go to bed early. So I always said, well, I'm not doing anything interesting. Right. So it wasn't that I was protective or private. It was just like, I didn't think this was worth whatever, but Right. you know, me being me is just me being me. So if right. my life is quiet and boring, then show what my quiet life and boring life looks like. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. And I wonder too, like, um, when you think about your ideal clients, Chris, like sometimes the extrovert energy or the introvert energy that you show on social media. And I know that a lot, we work with a lot of introverts and it's, they, they say the same thing that you just said to me. It, my life is boring. I don't really do anything. I'm not an amazing cook. I'm not taking vacations. I just hang out here and I like to read my book. What book are you reading this month? Yeah. yeah right. Or this yeah. week or this day. Right. Yeah. Um, wait, and you're right. Because a lot of my clients say the same thing to me. Like I, I'll be giving, like they were alike. Yeah. So if I say, look, I, you know, I'm passionate about bike riding in the summer, or here's a book, or I do like, you know, how I get stuff done by my neighbors is they like my cookies. <laughs> so <laughs> here we go. So yeah, but that's what my clients are like. So you're right. Why am I trying to be, I don't know, an interesting sort of entertainer if that's not right. my audience anyhow, right? Very yeah. good point, right? So yeah. the boring people that I would connect with will connect with my boring life. Okay, exactly. awesome. Okay, good perspective. And I don't think I'm boring. I just think it's like, I like it. I've always had yeah. a quiet life. I right. like it. It's not right. boring to me, but I just thought, well, I don't have anything to tell you about, but okay, right. excellent. All right, thought leadership content. And so when you're thinking about that, this is, this is where you get to stand in that expertise, right? It's that educational in nature and it's sharing salute. Well, let me back up a lot of times with our thought leadership content, we overshare in solutions. So mm. instead of providing solutions, what I want you to think of when you're creating thought leader content is how is this educational? Okay. Okay. Because you don't want to lose a sale by someone reading, watching, you know, your thought leadership content. So you don't want to give away what you're doing or what your solution is for free, but you do want to make sure that you're creating it in educational nature. Okay. So could you give us an example for that? So this session right here, I'm completely breaking all the rules when it comes to thought leadership content, right? <laughs> That's the format of your podcast today. But really, if you're giving tips and then telling people how to execute on those tips, that execution part is the overselling part that we really have to pull back. Think about, can you talk through a mistake maybe that people are making instead of giving them a solution for them to relate to? Can you talk through something that you're observing as far as trends or something that you're seeing with the potential client that they're able to solve once they come and work with you, but creating that awareness of what is actually going on and what the actual problem might be instead of completely just giving solutions, giving tips all the time. Okay. So back, um, so I did used to stumble off this more. So one of the things that breaks my heart is when I see people chasing the wrong thing or putting a lot of work into the wrong thing. Right. Mm. Um, and so 
in my case, lots of times I hear people say like, oh, if I was just more disciplined or more organized, you know, and whatever, once I get past this next thing and it's like, no, you have no infrastructure in the business. And this isn't about you not working hard enough or white knuckling it and being more disciplined that actually erodes your, you know, fatigues you more and all this other stuff. Right. So in the past, I, you know, when the book first came out, I might give you different hacks or things to do, like just to save you an hour a day. And they were how to's, but I wasn't addressing the bigger pain point. Cause then I'm just buying, you know, kind of like weight watchers. Here's some hacks, but it's really not about, Hey, you're eating when you're upset. So you're never, these hacks are never going to solve your bigger issue. So a lot of us get caught up in the, in the little how to's and we're really not making the mind shift of educating our audience with you're over here and, and you should be over here. And let me tell you why you're lost and not yeah. get into the increments of exactly what every little micro step. Mm, you nailed- And I think, I think we get confused with that, Amy, because yeah. then you get concerned or confused. And when you see somebody on LinkedIn and they're like, here's five ways to improve your profile. And I'm like, oh, I don't have these quick how-tos and they're delivering content. But now that I realize this, I think there's just different, you know, there's all these different approaches, but then I would be like, okay, I better give some how-tos, but the how-tos just stress my people out because it's, it's not solving their problem. Exactly. And I think that's the thing that we've really found too with our people is when you do create those little micro baby, tiny, like hacks, wins, whatever, it's like that false hope and it's not yeah. really solving that root problem that they probably have. And guess what? Solving that root problem is only going to have when they dig deeper and working with you. Right. Okay. That's it would be there. like, I always compare it to weight loss because everybody's always wanted to lose right. five pounds at one point. So it would be like, okay, chew your food slower. Okay. That is helpful. Um, that does help digestion. It does help a number right. of things, but if that's not going to help you lose 10 pounds. So, so it is helpful, but that's not your bigger pain, right? Okay. All right. Thought leadership content, brand stance. All right. So with your brand stance, you really want to, uh, I guess this is really taking the chance to share your stance, share your thoughts, share your commentary on what's going on in your industry. What do you agree with? What don't you agree with? What do you disagree with, Uh, I guess, right? Okay. okay. What can add to the discussion? And so really your brand is going to be different than the brand next to you, right? Like when we compare Nike and Adidas, we like Nike for one reason, we like Adidas for others, and they both have brand loyalty, right? But it's because they've really taken that stance in what they're for and maybe what they're not for, right? Okay, so one of the things I say, which a lot of people that do somewhat similar to me do not like, this is my thing. I don't believe in delegating. Delegating is a lateral move. The work has to come through you. So everybody else, that's a buzzword for everybody else. Right? Oh, you delegate, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, here's, here's what you need to know. Yeah. Delegating is not serving you and I don't believe in it, right? Mm. So it's a lateral move. So that would be a brand stance. That is a brand stance. Yeah, so okay. great example for like our brand is, we don't believe that you need to be on all the social media channels and that you should be on multiple channels, creating multiple types of content. We believe you have one content personality type. And when you create that content from there and show up on one channel, plus your email, that's all you need to do to market your business. Okay. All right. Well, that's good news for everyone. I write that down. Okay. Um, <laughs> Those are just examples of brand stance, right? Okay. 
Now, direct offer, is that obvious? That is the most obvious content out there, right? That's when you make that direct offer to your audience and it, you know, gets its name for being very direct. The purpose is to sell your offer directly to whoever is ready now. And, you know, I've coached hundreds of people on selling. The one thing they miss is they don't ask for the sale. So this direct Mm -hmm. offer content and it's full true force a lot of times actually doesn't get used in its full true force because people don't ask for the sale. Okay. So it's not as obvious as we think. All right. This one I'm interested in. Okay. This one, uh, here we go. Because this one, I don't know where we're going with thought reversal. Yep. So the thought reversal content, um, we kind of touched on it maybe a little bit before, but this is where you help your future clients see where they might need to shift their established thoughts so they can actually get the results that they desire. Right. Okay. And so it's changing the thought that they have of how, of how a thing should be. So for me, it would be, you have been led to believe that grinding it out, sweat equity is the deal. And I would say those are just people making a glorified story out of an ill-planned journey. So the thought reversal of, listen, grinding it out is working against you a thousand percent. Right. Okay. So when you're hearing a lot of people come to you and say something like, oh, well, I was taught to hustle. I was taught to hustle. I'm not hustling. I'm not working 40 hours a week. Giving that thought reversal content of how to change that perception of that problem is really where then you can establish that shift that they need to make in order to get the results that they desire. So your example is perfect. Well, aren't you cute? The people I'm working with are not complaining that they're working 40 hours, but anyhow, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they're trying to get there (laughs) because you it's like potato chips. You just have, you know, one project leads to the next and you're like, oh, this is a thing. Oh, once I get past this next thing. All right. How long have you been saying that? Okay. All right. That's fantastic, Amy. Okay. Where can people find more of your excellence? Yeah. So if you look for us, the Joyful Business Revolution, um, we've got a Facebook group. You can Google us. Um, You can also learn more uh, about our content personality quiz. Again, simply Googling that or find me on Facebook. That's where I hang out most. Amy, A-M-Y, Hager, H-A-G-E-R. And I would love to connect with anybody who's questioning what the messaging ecosystem about and if they're actually using it. Awesome. We appreciate you, Amy. Thank you so much. And everyone else, we will see you in the next episode. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to freegiftfromchris.com. That's free gift, G-I-F-T from Chris, K-R-I-S.com. We are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it.